0: you <laughs> Good morning, Westchester, Greenwich, and everyone. It's Monday morning, and that means it's time to talk with me, Jen Graziano. I'm an attorney and licensed funeral director who oversees my family's funeral homes, Cox and Graziano of both Maranick and Greenwich, the Zion Memorial Chapel of Westchester, and now the Fred D. Knapp Funeral Home of Greenwich as well. Every Monday, I come to you discussing important topics and sensitive matters that all of us need to pause and reflect upon at some point, and through this show, I hope to provide a platform to do so. So we are in our new setting here and live from Greenwich. We're streaming everywhere today. I'm told by producer Tim Judge of GreenwichLocal.com that you can listen to us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Twitter through GreenwichLocal.com. So we are everywhere and now you can listen to us as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Google, Spotify, you name it. But we encourage you to sign up for the show as well as visit time to talk with Jen.com, where you can listen to past episodes with the wonderful guests that have shared such a wealth of information. So on this absolutely dreadful Monday where I'm sure none of us wanted to get out of bed, I'm here talking to Dr. Erica Kraus of Glenville Medical Concierge Care. She is an internist there and she's fellowship trained in anti-aging and metabolic medicine through the Institute through the Metabolic Medical Institute. She is also a board certified doctor in integrative medicine. So lots that we want to ask her and full disclosure I think she's great. She's my primary care doctor as well. So <laughs> I only bring to you the people that I trust. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. Wonderful Happy to be center- here. Yes, thank you, wonderful to have you on. Um, Before we get into the many, many questions that I wanna ask you on this topic, I'm so glad we're doing this. Um, Can you explain to our listeners and viewers the type of medicine you practice? Anti-aging, it sounds like everyone wants to know how you do that and how you can help people do that, um, as well as metabolic medicine. For those not familiar with the terms, please share some insight.
1: Sure, so I am, um, I'm an internist by training. That's my original um, specialty, and I did my uh, my true my residency in internal medicine. After that, I went on and did some additional um, board certifications. One was in integrative medicine, and the other one was in metabolic and nutritional medicine. And both of those have some similarities. They'd help me sort of delve deeper into understanding complex medical conditions, um, often treating patients who have difficult um, chronic conditions that they have struggled with and had a hard time getting answers and, um, and treatment because they involve many different organ systems and they're chronic. And a lot of these conditions are not always so visible and they're not so easy to figure out. Um, I also do a lot of nutritional training um, in these fellowships and board certifications. Uh, I work on patients with um, nutrition and weight loss and basically just healthy eating and healthy lifestyles, anything that will help support longevity.
0: It sounds so simple, like such a simple formula. I mean, but it's it's something that I believe um, There's so much attention now given to reversing the clock, anti-aging. Now, when you say integrative medicine, are you talking about integrating holistic ways to make them part of your mainstream lifestyle? Is it Eastern medicine combined with Western medicine? Exactly. Exactly. And all
1: different modalities. um so that just basically means adding in the lifestyle piece. So we're not just always using medications. we're not going to medications first. We'll always work on, on the lifestyle. We'll work on diet and exercise, nutrition, stress relief and sleep, um, sometimes some supplements, sometimes some herbs, um, and we kind of just incorporate all of that when you know when, when necessary and needed
0: it always they always say the one of the key distinctions between eastern and western medicine is reactive versus proactive treatment where you know the integrative approach is also going to try to keep you healthier and anticipate conditions and work to almost prevent rather than treat so it, to me it's always been an interesting model and you know the older i get the more i become aware personally of the impact of stress on the body and anybody who denies that there is a nexus between your mind and your body is completely off base. The stressful lifestyles that we have contribute to so many physical conditions. Um, There's so much talk about stress and cancer and the connection there. Mm -hmm. And I've read read a book about that over the summer and it's alarming actually. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you see from your perspective and even my professional perspectives, um, the diseases that have earlier onsets, um, including cognitive impairments, dementia, cancer, obesity, heart conditions. Um, if you stop and look at a majority of them, I'm sure you see a stressful lifestyle component would be one of the common denominators that yes. unites everyone. No doubt. And
1: and added to that list is also this big surge in autoimmune issues that we're seeing a lot. And, you know, we have these super stressful lifestyles and we work, you know, very hard. And we are just, you know, we, we just always on the go. I mean, we need to, it's okay to work hard. You know, that's important, but you need to have that downtime. You need to have that break. You need to be able to relax in between.
0: Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Yes. um, You do see a rise of those as well. Um, Do you recommend meditation to your patients?
1: I do, I do. I think it's super important to have some relaxation uh, adds to our time where we're not our brain is not constantly going and thinking in a million directions and you just kind of try to quiet that down a lot of people will say oh I can't do that I just I can't I'm always thinking <laughs> things like those are the people who really need to because it's I, I hard know. it's not easy I have a hard time with it too but it's really I have hard.
0: struggled with it I've tried to implement it especially over the summer and and I totally respect and understand the wisdom behind it. It makes so much sense. And it's just, I feel it's almost impossible to do, but they have things that make it so approachable. Like I I started with the Calm app. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, perhaps maybe that should be my prescription for this evening to go back to it. But there are so many, you know, meditation has become so mainstream in our society. There are ways years ago you thought of going to a dark room and sitting, you know, with your legs crossed and candles around and just total silence. That's not what it is. There are ways to do this for 10 minutes before you yes. go to sleep.
1: Yes. People will say, well, I don't have time. It doesn't t- have to take a lot of time. You can always find 10 or 15 minutes in your day to do that. And you're right. There's all these apps now. There's Calm, there's Headspace that'll sort of guide you so you don't have to just come up with it on your own if you don't know how to do it. These are, you know, apps that are very accessible and make it really easy.
0: So Dr. Krause, we're talking about health and wellness. We're talking about healthier lifestyles. So we can't ignore the hot button word that is ozempic. You hear it everywhere. You're seeing people that have historically been of, of a larger weight slim down rapidly. You're hearing, you know, Sharon Osborne even came out with an article a couple of days ago. She was interviewed where she said, I shouldn't have been on it for this long, but yet... You know, there, there's also, uh, we talk about the nexus of stress to illness. Obesity is another nexus that connects us to so many other illnesses. So we seem to have a double edged sword. We don't wanna carry excess weight around. However, when you have a medication that can cause rapid weight loss, um, it, it seems to be have we struck a balance here between healthy weight loss, healthy living? i invite you to open up the discussion today on ozempic and your thoughts on the subject okay great well i thought i'd start by kind of giving some information about these
1: medications so it's sort of a whole class of medications that includes ozempic there's a few others too and this class of medications they're called glp1 agonists basically what that means is that they work they're called they're incretin peptides And they stimulate the release of insulin from the pancreas in response to glucose or sugar secretion. And at the same time, they slow gastric emptying. So they keep food in your stomach for longer than it normally would be. And that's what makes you feel full for longer. So that's what really kind of cuts down the appetite and people eat less because they have food in their stomach for longer. At the same time, they're also lowering blood sugar. So these medications were, as probably most people know, they were originally re- released and prescribed to treat diabetes. That was yes. the first indication for
0: these. And it's been around a while, Doctor? I mean, this has been a long prescribed regimen for a diabetic patient? Yes,
1: these okay. have been around for years. Before we were using them for weight loss, we were using them for diabetes.
0: So why all of a sudden? What what was the, uh, You've you've laid a great foundation as to what they are what was the initial spark that caused them to shift their their use their purpose of use
1: well starting to using on for diabetics people noticed that these diabetics were were losing a lot of weight and sort of is in it's part of the mechanism on how they work is that they will cause weight loss and it's when you lose weight your blood sugar is going to go down but they were so it was such a dramatic weight loss that it drew a lot of attention to, hey, maybe these medications can be used as weight loss medications. We have some weight loss medications that were around for a lot longer, but these just by and large were so much stronger and people were losing much more weight than what you would see with some of the other weight loss medications that had been around for longer. So then that sparked the FDA to, or these, uh, the, the pharmaceutical companies to look for FDA approval for weight loss. So we talk about, you mentioned Ozempic. Ozempic is Semaglutide, that's actually the generic name of the medication. That's really a diabetes medication. Ozempic is really only approved for FDA approved for diabetes.
0: Oh, really? Okay. okay. Yes.
1: So Wagovi is the brand name for this, is for, it's also semaglutide, but that's approved for weight loss. Um, okay. There's one other that's also approved for weight loss called Liraglutide, which is similar, and the brand name is Sixenda. So now, Sixenda is also, to make it more confusing, a diabetes medication called Victoza. So they took these two medications, Victoza and Ozempic, that were approved for for type two diabetes, and they have new names, and these were approved for for weight loss. So they're a little different than Sixenda or Wogovi, which is for for, um, weight loss is a once a week injection that's given okay as the sixenda is a daily injection so wagovi is a little more preferred people usually prefer to do a once a week rather than a, a daily injection and it also seems to work a little bit better it's a little bit more effective at weight loss there's one more medication out there that probably a lot of people are hearing about called moonjaro or or yes. tri- Tide, which is the generic name for that? This one is actually only FDA approved for diabetes. However, people are using it off-label for weight loss because it is so effective, and it's it's actually a little more effective than the Ozempic and Wegovy.
0: So, when we say weight loss, are we talking a person who has five extra pounds to drop, or are we talking? like a body mass index that has to hit a certain number?
1: Yes, they're really indicated for obesity, which is a body mass index over 30. So for the people who are just, you know, want to lose five pounds or going on vacation and they'd really like to get that five pounds off and maybe I'll go on, you know, one of these medications for a month is not a good idea. And we don't like to prescribe it that way because they're really meant to be chronic medications that you're on for a long time that obesity is really we see it as a chronic condition and if you go on these medications for a short time and you come off the weight is going to come back on we see it time and time again that it just it doesn't keep the weight off so now you're in this worse position than if you ever, if you didn't go on it in the first place, it's not really good to lose weight and then regain it. You're better off just never having lost it in the first place and just not using it.
0: I mean, what about those who argue everything comes with a, with a magic pill? What about the overall, you know, there's a lifestyle that goes behind, um, that leads to obesity. And obviously genetics play a factor and, you know, for some people they can never get to that ide- ideal weight, whatever that is. But overall, there's usually a lifestyle factor behind it. So what what about the message to people who are against this line of these magic pills that say the pill isn't going to teach the person the lifestyle of going to the gym, of balancing their meals, of you know being mindful of, of what their intake is? Because again, it's such a quick fix. And then once they get off, like you said the weight comes back and the weight comes back, not because the pill has a reversal effect or the injection has a reversal. But again, there was never that proper proper lifestyle training behind it. Right, right. Yes. So
1: so lifestyle as far as exercise and getting enough sleep, and we we were talking before about stress relief, stress and lack of sleep are actually huge factors in causing weight gain.
0: Absolutely.
1: so getting absolutely. all of those under control is, is so important and learning how to exercise and and strength training too, and not just cardio. You know, when you want to lose weight, you need to build muscle. We know that the 100%. more muscle we have, the better off we are, and, and the more that we are, are, are we will not raise our insulin levels as much. It'll be less insulin resistance, which then translates to weight loss. So that is super important. Um, I, I think you know yeah people worry that these medications are going to sort of replace that and people will just be on these medications and therefore they won't have to do those lifestyle things but you know the problem is that then we have that what we call skinny fat you know these people yeah. may be losing weight but they're still their their body mass is they're just they're just, tissue, they're just, they're still not, they're not muscle, you know, you, you need to have that muscle, I mean, that's what's going to support you as you get older, that's what's going to get you off the floor when you fall. So you really can't just be on these medications and not do anything, you need to be eating lots of protein, and you need to be exercising when you're on these medications.
0: It, it's so true. It's a lifestyle. I mean, again, the mind and body and work together and you have to just have a healthy awareness overall. Um, how thin is too thin, Dr. Kraus? You see some people who are on these medications and they just become physically a different person.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a time to, you know, when it's time to sort of taper down and many of these people need to be on these medications for life. And obviously if they're diabetic, they do.
0: And, and you can also, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but can you be on these medications for life? You
1: can. Yeah, you, you, you
0: can. I mean, if
1: you're, you know, you're, if you've struggled for, with obesity for your life or for many, many years it gets very hard to get that weight down to a normal weight and then be able to keep it there. There are so many factors that go on and hormonal chemical changes that are kind of pushing our body towards regaining that weight, even if we are being really good and we're exercising, we're doing everything, you know, we're eating right or we're eating healthy. It's for a lot of people, the weight just keeps coming back on. So it's difficult. So for that reason, they are meant to be chronic medications that you can you can stay on for and and people should stay on them. But yes, we see we all see those people who, you know, just look like they have just too thin from it. And they're probably not eating enough. They're probably not getting enough protein. And they might be on too high of a dose. You know, there's different doses with these medications. Um, You know, there people need to, you need to sort of adjust it. I mean, if somebody's body mass indexes now, down to 20 or so, they need to either, either come off the medication or go on a much lower dose because that's not healthy to be too low.
0: So what are some of the side effects, Dr. Krause, from these medications? So the most common side effects are nausea,
1: number one. So that's you know because it's delaying your stomach from emptying. So it's keeping the food in your stomach for longer. People will often feel nauseous, mostly at the beginning, the first dose or two. There's also some diarrhea. There's constipation that can happen. And then some of the more serious side effects uh, are pancreatitis, gallbladder disease, kidney impairment, and it can also lower your blood sugar. So those are the most most common side effects.
0: How often do you monitor patients on the drug? Do they have to come in every few months for blood workup? Three months, yeah, about
1: three months, people should be coming in for blood work, getting their weight checked. And now what we do in my office is a body composition analysis. So we have a machine that will check your body fat, your muscle mass, um, your visceral fat, which is fat around the organs, which is super important to look at that. And we can measure it while people are on these medications. And if we see that they're getting too too low or they're ga- or they're losing too much muscle. Then we need, We know we need to work on. Okay, they need more protein. Maybe the dose needs to come down, and we can kind of adjust it in that way.
0: Are you know when you many years ago there was um, a push towards gastric bypass surgeries for people who were suffering from this morbid obesity, these levels. Do you still see that as a recommendation? Um, is have there been any studies to compare? The efficacy of the drug treatment versus the surgical route?
1: Yes. So, that is th- those these two routes. So, medication, these highly effective weight loss medications versus bariatric surgery. There have been plenty of studies looking at the two, and they've sort of showed different, different results. Um, and there's reasons for, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages, of course, to both. Um, we still do bariatric surgery very often, and you know that. It, and, and one actual one reason for that is actual cost. Surprisingly, you would think, okay, well, surgery is going to be a lot more expensive than medication. But over a lifetime, these medications, whether they're covered by insurance or not, because a lot of these are, are actually not covered. Well, by-
0: especially if they're off-label use. So yes. the drugs that you say are specifically diabetic have the diabetic FDA approval. I'm assuming would not be covered for the off-label use.
1: Right. For that person who's taking Munjaro because it may work the most for weight loss, that's not being covered by their insurance and they're paying out of pocket. And even for somebody who is, you know, who has a real need for the medications, they may be obese, body mass index may be 40. They may not be able to get even one of the FDA approved ones for weight loss may not be covered under their plan. They're not covered by every insurance and it can be difficult to get them covered so that's that is another issue.
0: Do you find though that uh, there's been an increase in insurance coverage or do you find that you know the pharmaceutical companies are well aware of the money making nature of these drugs? Do you find that for the most part these are under private pay right now that there are few people fewer people receiving coverage for these? Yes,
1: they are they're they're still not really being covered very well. Um, And then when they are covered, it's often, you know, we'll finally, we'll kind of jump through all these hoops and maybe the person has been on other, tried other weight loss medications and they've tried other diets. So you've sort of checked all those boxes. And so, great, they, they're, you know, they've approved it, but the approval means that they're going to pay, the insurance will cover $500, the patient is still paying $1,000. because they're super wow. expensive medication.
0: And, and what about the availability? I mean, people I know who are on it, they talk about they can't find it, and they're driving to far-off places to you know, to to get their dosage.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely a problem, especially because a lot of the ones that aren't available, like Munjaro right now, is very hard to find, and that's a diabetes medication. So there are people who are on it, they need it for their diabetes, and they they can't get them right now. There's a a big shortage.
0: Yeah, and there's an ethical question in that. And and actually, you you raised the question I was going to ask. What do we do for the people who needed it for that purpose? I mean, the scarcity of that. Is there... What is the alternative or the backup or what is available to them? Have, have we been seeing yeah. cases of diabetics, you know, going into different types of failures without having these medications? Has it become yeah. a, an ongoing problem?
1: It's it's definitely a problem. And it's, an, it's some diabetics have had to shift into if their Mujaro is not available, maybe they're getting Ozempic. Or Victoza, you know, they've had to change what they're taking temporarily, which, you know, is never great. All, all these medications are a little bit different, and so you're not going to have the exact same effect. So, it, it's definitely been a problem. I'm hoping that, with time, in time, that there will be more availability for these medications. Eventually, they're also going to become generic, which will make it a lot easier to get them, and the cost will of course go down when that happens
0: too. What about in terms of age? You know, you take a 20-year-old girl who's hearing about this. I mean, is there a is there a time when you might be too young because if you're going to stay the course for a, a long period of time, is it dangerous to be on this for 10, 20, 30, 40? I mean, is there a time that's too long? Whereas if you take the the older candidate, um, let's say someone not to say 60s or old. Full disclosure, but if you have someone who's starting it at that point, and they're versus someone starting in their 20s, is there a time where you say this is too soon to begin this regimen? I would be concerned with somebody young. We would definitely want to assess
1: this person to see if they have any kind of an eating disorder. Um, we would look at their weight. I mean, like I said before, it's really not for somebody who who has a body mass index. Of you know 24, 25 you know where they're just almost overweight not even really overweight and they just want to be a little thinner that would that would be that would definitely set off a red flag um, so somebody who's young yeah we're really gonna want to think about that because these are chronic medications, that would be a long time. And we don't know all the long term effects of these medication. We haven't had people on them for 30 years. Will they maybe stop working eventually? I mean, that's a possibility. You know, we haven't seen that yet. So we don't know they haven't been around for that long. So I would definitely discourage somebody. I, I might, you know, somebody who was 20 and really, you know,
0: obese and really needed it. Yeah, it would probably be a good medication for them. Do you find that you're getting multiple requests from patients to come in, or do you find that it's been pretty tempered that, um, you know, it's not that everyone's banging on your door to say, Dr. Kraus, I have to get this? Yeah.
1: You know, I have a small, the, the nature of my practice is it's small, so I don't have so many patients coming to me. Um, but yeah, people are asking for it, and it's definitely a discussion, and, you know, people are... They're, they're smart about them they ask the right questions and you know there, there have been people who sort of wanted for that short term and once I explain to them that you know it's 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 not gonna it, when you stop it's gonna the weight's gonna come back on they'll often say you know then never mind I don't want to take that it's not worth it or they hear about the side effects but um yeah I have a Quite a number of patients who are taking these medications now. And you know, and we watch and and for the most part they're doing well with it and they're using them responsibly.
0: But I think it all also it also all of the, what we talk about today speaks to the fact of why it's so important to be in the care of the right physician. Your knowledge of integrative medicine, your knowledge of the whole body, the mind, the body, the whole system as they work. I mean, part of your patient evaluation intake when you're sitting with your patient is you want to know their lifestyle situation at home. You want to know current stresses in their life. You're, you're painting a picture which enables you to get to know the patient better and therefore prescribe a better course of treatment. So that's why I'm such a fan of the concierge model. And I always say, if people are looking to spend out-of-pocket money, you know, sometimes you hear the complaint, it's too expensive. Well, if we're going to spend money on drugs such as these, we should also consider spending the money to a concierge physician who's not going to spend five minutes in a room with you, to fit, you know, mandated quotas. It, it's so important, Dr. Krauss. I've told so many people about your practice because I truly do believe in what you're doing. It's a quality of care that, and, and it is not to say doctors don't want to give the quality of care that you're giving, but their hands are arguably tied, and they're, you know, when they're beholden to the insurance companies, when they're in the larger practices, they just really can't give the quality that you're giving to your patients. So I strongly encourage everybody to visit glenville the address you see on your screen and take a look at the bio of Dr. Krauss or any of the wonderful physicians on staff there because if you are going to go this route with these weight loss drugs you need to be you need to have a good relationship with your doctor to understand the benefits, the pitfalls, both sides. Thank you. Can
1: I point something out though?
0: Yeah. On sure. the email address, it's
1: missing the C in the concierge, the second C. So it's Glenville Medical, C O N C I R G Thank
0: you for pointing that out. I'm sitting with the producer <laughs> okay. right now. That will be fixed momentarily. <laughs> and I'm gonna probably jump onto your screen now, Tim. You don't mind, okay. I didn't charge my battery last night. Dr. Krauss, talk about stress and lifestyle and mindfulness. <laughs> I enlisted my 11 year old to do it, and clearly mm-hmm. she failed in that duty. Um, but I think this is a wonderful conversation we're having. When I was so happy we're able to come on, I hear I honestly hear this word every single day, which I ozempic, I, oh, I hear oh, it every yeah. single day, and so many people Huge. that I know. And I think you have, you've clarified a lot that, listen, it's a major medical decision that you have to make keeping all the factors involved. But ultimately, I think you pointed out that a healthy lifestyle, nothing, nothing can truly replace that. But there are some people that when there's dangerous levels of obesity that 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 do require a step further beyond just the diet and exercise and sometimes it helps just kickstart somebody in that right direction but no matter there are there is no drug that's going to replace diet exercise sleep and rest exactly when they find find that drug maybe i'll come in and ask (laughs) something that could replicate eight hours of sleep a night i would inject that (laughs) um so dr kraus your your final recommendations today so anybody who's thinking about going this route. Recap, what should they really be thinking about? What questions should they ask their physicians?
1: Yeah. If you're thinking about these medications, definitely have a conversation with your doctor about it. Find it if you're a candidate for these medications. and But really think about being on these medications for a long time and not just taking them for a short period of time. If that's what you want to do, then it's really not the right medication for you. I
0: think you're muted. Okay. Hi. Hi. I heard no, you. I hear you. Um, nope. Thank you. Wonderful advice. So once again, glenvillemedicalconcierge.com, Dr. Erica Krause. Thank you for this information. We encourage everyone, don't take your health for granted. Take an active role in your health. And that means speaking to your doctor or a physician. Thank you for the insights. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Jen. Of course. I will see you soon for sure. And my best regards to everybody over at Glenville Concierge. Thank you. Thank you. And this is Jen Graziano thanking you all for taking the time to listen as we took the time to talk. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.